Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. We're going to start today a little bit differently because the subject of, of today's episode is going to be related to, to uh, it's a question from a listener, related to something inside of our little big intro music thingy. So we want everybody to listen to that. And then on the flip side of that, we will discuss uh, what the listener or the question that the listener had. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping. Okay, Ben. So here's the question from our listener. One of the main things I've learned from you and Ben's show is that the only thing within my control is my effort. So therefore, how are the outcomes also within my control? So just a little recap. The line he's talking about is, we are here because we know that, we, that the outcomes in our lives are within our control. So I just want to present that question to you first and see where we go. Okay, so this is, I believe, one of the most fundamental principles we need to understand in order to maximize our lives, to ultimately end up on our deathbeds and looking back with complete satisfaction over the fulfillment we've had in our lives. We must understand the distinction between the things that we can control and we can't. And this is, for anybody that's listening to this show for a little bit, this is so um, beaten to a dead horse, but it is something that's still, I don't think, fully grasped and then executed upon. We must understand these two things and we have to grab total ownership and responsibility over those factors that we can control and lean into them as deep as we possibly can. And then with everything that we have, and man, this is hard, screw the rest. Mm -hmm. Just let it go. Let it roll off of our shoulders like it never happened. So anything from your kid getting rejected from college to your kid being picked last in kickball to, I choose these ones because these ones hit hard. Like if it's happened to your kid, it's worse than it's happened to you. Mm. Um, To like knowing that your kid wasn't allowed to sit at the cool lunch table, cool kids lunch table. Um, to them getting um, a D minus in sociology, whatever, like we have to realize that those things are outside of our control. And then what we wanna do is figure out what are the things inside of our control and go so deep into those. If we can do that, and if we can really, really do that, man, like the ultimate outcomes of our lives reside within our control. And what we're looking for in terms of that ultimate outcome, and let's talk about, is that fulfillment. And screw doing things that make you happy. Like, it's not about trying to be happy in the moment. If we do that, we're essentially going to eat Ben and Jerry's and watch Seinfeld 24-7. That that makes me happy in the moment. Let's do the hard things, because the hard things lead to ultimate fulfillment. So if we can do that, that to me is what dictates the outcomes. Now, there are things in the intermediary that are going to look like we don't control them, but those are small little outcomes along the way to the biggest outcome which we're trying to get. There's also extreme circumstances which we obviously have no control over, which can have drastic effects on our lives from... um 
you know, things like winning the lottery, way how amazing, really good, to um, you know, um, having an accident and become paralyzed. Okay, but even those things, as drastic and extreme as those things are, we still ultimately have control over the way we respond to either, either of those scenarios. And what most people do is they don't respond to either one of those. They become completely reactionary to the immediate feedback they're getting. And what we find, if you look at those two groups of people, which are really easy to study actually, because mm-hmm. it's such a small group, people that have been paralyzed from a catastrophe um, to people that have won the lottery. What you find is in the short term, the happiness level and satisfaction and fulfillment of those people is drastically different. Shocker, right? But stretch out over a long enough timeline, and believe it or not, it's not that long. In three years, what they found is that it's actually an inverse relationship. The people that win the lottery are actually less happy than these people that have these tragedies in their lives. So if it's not those type of outcomes that matter, and they don't matter, it's the internal outcomes that we're looking for, which is my fulfillment. Who am I? Am I happy with who I am as a person? That's the control we have. Why is it so hard? Why do, why do, uh, why do so many people so often fail to realize this, what you said at the beginning, which is this fundamental truth? You know, and, and you know, as you're, as you're, talking i'm thinking about um stoicism yep is so very much fundamental and that's two thousand years old Mm -hmm. and 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 stoicism is predicated on a philosophy that's even older than that yeah so clearly this is something that most people most of the time struggle with how have you gotten to a place where it's so clear to you that this is the answer. Well, it's it's clear to me that this is the answer but i still struggle i'm a human being and we're all going to struggle Good. Like the struggle is the best part. If this were easy, like here's nobody looks back at like the easy days at work. Like those were the good old days, man. Mm-hmm. Those were the good old days. Remember when we used to get out at we got out at five o'clock and like there wasn't that much to do. Man, high five. Those mm-hmm. were the good old days. People not people reminisce. And the good old days are when you had to work so hard to put this. Um, project together with your team and you came in just below deadline because you did three all-nighters in a row and it was like, man, it was so hard and we had to struggle, but we that's what people reminisce. The struggle is where it's at. So let's not take struggle and be like, that's a bad thing. I struggle with this like everybody else, but I get excited about that. It's mm-hmm. going to be learning. I don't know the answer why this is so fundamentally hard for us. I think it's because of the temptations to mm-hmm. think that we have more control over things than we don't. And it's one of those things. We don't. So here's the first exercise I do with my athletes when they work with me. I, I don't, it's what I mean by exercise. I don't mean thrusters or pull-ups or running or rowing. It's an exercise on focus. And what I don't mean by that also is some sort of like mindfulness practice yep. or meditation. It's literally what should we be focusing on throughout this year? And what we do is we list out everything that might take up our focus from new rules, new standards, the rule book to other competitors and social media, to what's our training, nutrition, and sleep going to look like, to what um, are the new um, sanctional events, to scoring issues and judges, and what's the weather going to be at the games, and is it going to be a Madison or else? And we put all those things on the table, and then what we find is camouflaged inside that huge massive list is a list of only five things. Mm-hmm. 
your training, your nutrition, your sleep, your mindset, and your recovery. For an athlete, there's only five things that we need to focus on. Everything else outside of that is a distraction. And what I mean by that is if you give it any credence or thought, put any effort towards those things that you ultimately have no control, you're going to perform worse at the games. Imagine a, a book of matchsticks. And a typical book has 20 matchsticks in it. Every thought that you give actually like it's taking up one of those, the most valuable resource you have, which is your time, because you're giving thought and effort to it. If you're burning up matchsticks over things that you can't influence, well, you're not left with as many matchsticks for the things you can influence, which is the things that are gonna make you better performer. Your training, nutrition, sleep, recovery, and mindset. We need to save all 20 matchsticks for that. Now, if you get distracted by something a, um, a sponsor said about you, like there goes a matchstick, damn it. We could have saved that matchstick for a thruster. It's literally like, think of it like that concrete. Where are you putting them? Yep. If you're focusing on um, the other competitor going faster than you in a training session, damn it. We could have put that towards another set of muscle ups. It's like you put it that concrete, you start to see the wastefulness of what this looks like. And I think that we just think we can control more than we can. Now, there is this kind of neat thing, which is, you know, inside of that small little circle of influence, you might be able to control more than you think. Mm. So people that live in the Northeast, as we do, there's a lot of people here that bitch about the weather in the winter, right? Or even in the summer. <laughs> it's too damn hot. It's yeah. too damn cold. Well, a lot of people that like are enlightened would be like, you can't worry about that. You can't control the weather. Just go through life. And they're right. If you get influenced, if you wake up and it's a beautiful day and you're in a great mood and when it's a bad day, you're in a pissy mood, you're let, you're giving up the, this is what stoicism is. You're becoming a slave to something outside of your control. Now, to the point where they take it is if someone, if you have a bad interaction with somebody, you let that piss you off for five minutes, five hours, five days, or five weeks, you get all grouchy because of that person. Well, you're letting that person dictate who you are as a person. That's the ultimate form of slavery. What we need to do is create this kind of disassociation. It's like, I don't give an F about what that, it's really, it's like, just focus on your morals, who you are as a person, what matters to you, your core values, the things that you can influence. If you start to focus on that, and it really matters to you a lot, you live in the Northeast and you get pissed about the weather, you don't have to live in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. There are places like San Diego and places in Arizona where the weather is 75 and sunny all the time. To think that you can't control that, you are not taking ultimate responsibility. You are deflecting it to someone else, like your employer or your friends and family. If you're saying now like, no, I have to stay here because my friends and family and I have to stay here because of my job. Okay, if you truly have to, then screw the weather. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna be able to control it. So then you let it roll off your shoulders. It's the same thing with people that are struggling in marriages. They um, aren't getting along with their spouse. After X number of years, they've grown apart. And they're like, my spouse just doesn't get me. Well, you're probably not taking full responsibility. Responsibility. Able to respond. That's what responsibility means. You're not being fully effective in responding to those situations of your marriage. So what happens is in your marriage, there's certain things that you control. You don't control 
the way your spouse reacts to you. You don't control the way they fly off the handle. You don't control how unorganized they are. You don't control how they can't, they, they do X, Y, and Z that kind of piss you off. What you do have control over is how you respond to those things. And what you tend to see is if you put as much effort into the controllables that you have inside of your marriage, like you're home early for dinner every single night, you help with the dishes, you help with the kids, you um, show your affection and your love. Well, what ends up happening when you do that is all of a sudden this thing that you had no control over, your spouse, starts to kind of fall in line a little bit. This is the same thing that affiliate owners and coaches do with their athletes. They're like, my athletes won't do that. My athletes come in late. My athletes um, don't listen. My athletes don't want to compete. My athletes would never pay those rates. Well, they won't if you keep on saying they don't, they don't, they don't. You're giving up this thing that you could control, which is you. You pursue excellence in every form and fashion that you can. You invest everything into the relationships that you have with those people. You dedicate as much as you can to tactful conflict resolution and sincere and active listening. And when you start to take total ownership, go a mile deep in these very few things, all of a sudden the things on the fringes that you seemingly could not control before, like the outcomes of our lives, start to fall inside of our control. Because you realize you have more influence than you than you realize. Yeah, but you don't have influence like the you don't have influence. You can't change the weather. Yep. But guess what? Like if you really hate it that much, like dude, take ownership, pick up. No one's forcing you to be here and move. Like you, if it matters that much to you, like be brave. Don't sit, whine, complain, and make excuses. Like do the necessary things to take control of your life. This is yours. It's not a dress rehearsal. You don't get to do it again. Like the only one thing we know for sure, a lot of people have different beliefs and I honor those beliefs completely. The only thing we know for sure is we are here now. Let's maximize now. We've talked a lot about the five factors, both as it relates to uh, athletes and then, or, or general public and then a, a slight revision of it for athletes. Um, broadening out looking at it, you know, with the same perspective as the five factors in terms of like, these are the things that we most control. What, what other, let's call them buckets, pillars, whatever you want to call them. What other pillars have you found that you have that, that, that move the needle when you recognize how much control or that that's something you have control over versus everything else? So like, are there other, you know, cause we can put, you know, health maybe in yep. one bucket, um, relationships, which Love is it. both, um, in terms of like what's inside the five factors, but like what else, not respective of health as a, like a yep. physical thing, what else, what else can live there in the sense of, you know, the, the factors that move us towards that, towards satisfaction. Okay. What we've done there in terms of the five factors, if we've created a very short, concise, maybe not exhaustive, but good enough list of the things inside your control for your health. Yep. That's literally, but we've already, we name them all the time other ways. There's also this thing called your DNA and your yep. environment that you have no control over. So yep. why are we focusing on those? Let it roll off your shoulder. Instead, go a mile deep into those guys. And a lot of this show is dedicated to trying and driving yep. into those five. We also do it, it's slightly different for our athletes. It's We just named them. They're a little bit, recovery is one of those yep. things. We, so what we've done is we've defined the process. This is the process for becoming exactly what you want to become. If you can focus only on that, this is Nick Saban stuff, this is Bill Belichick stuff, this is John Wooden stuff, it's 
You just got to dial into these controllables. Don't worry about going undefeated this season. Don't worry about winning the state championship. How good can you do this one single drill? That's the idea behind this. That's the process. That is under your control. We have no idea what's going to happen in that game against Oregon. We definitely have no idea what's going to happen 10 weeks from now. Let's just focus on our efforts into this next controllable thing. So what we do is we button this up into nice, pretty little packages of five factors. So for our health, we have those five factors. For our athletes, we have those five factors. And what we want to do for our lives, this is what I've done, is create five factors for your life and call this your core values, call it whatever you want to, call it principles, call it things that you want to, call it your five factors, call it things that um, um, are you're gonna balance your life around and it can be spirituality, your family, your health, your career, and your um, friends or relationships or whatever you want it to be. And those aren't the right five. Yep. You call them whatever you want them to do. Yep. You know, mine, I've talked about the L's, right? It's um, live, love, learn, lead, and leave a legacy. Those are the five that I try to dial into. And then what I do for each of those is go a mile deep. Now, let's create at least five things that I can influence on a daily basis to make sure I'm hitting those things. Now, all of a sudden, the outcomes of our lives start to become a little more controllable Mm -hmm. because I'm taking control. I don't care if it rains tomorrow. I don't care if it snows tomorrow. I don't care if someone says something bad about me on social media because I can't control those things. What I am focusing on is those five L's and the five controllables that I have inside of those things. So live, love, learn, lead, and leave a legacy. The legacy piece is not about, I hope they erect statues for me. It's that I hope that the people I care about say really nice things about me when I'm gone. This is not about two generations from now. This is literally like, I hope my kids talk to my grandkids about me in a really positive way. So for that leave a legacy, it's simple. I'm going to be invested in my kids' lives. Mm -hmm. So I put some trackables on there, like be home at five o'clock, no screens, no phone once I'm home, Um, no separation uh, Sundays. Like I'm just, we're doing everything together on Saturdays. Um, Being at all of the sporting events and going on ski trips. And like I have trackables to make sure that those things are happening. What we don't want to do is just throw things up in the air, a bunch of leaves and let the wind blow us around. That's living a life, this like, not giving a F, you know, the subtle art of not giving an F, mm-hmm. is does not mean like live a life of like a, a hobo or a hippie that just kind of like blows with the wind. It's the exact opposite. It's taking ultimate control and ultimate focus and ultimate discipline in the things that you should be giving an F about. Let's forget about everything else and go miles into those other things. So much of it, I think, it feels like it comes down to recognizing the responsibility that we all have or no, no, I love that. No, that's, I think that's a perfect word. I mentioned it a little bit in passing, but responsibility has been like, okay, so, um, if I, if if you make, um, a thousand bucks that you don't go blow it at at gambling and that's what we've kind of turned responsibility into. Right. That's certainly a piece of it. That's, you know, fiscal or financial responsibility. But what we're talking about is understanding this difference between reacting and responding. Mm-hmm. And we want to do is be response able, responsible. We don't want to be reactionary. Reactionary is every little thing that pokes you, you're like, what the f-? Like yeah. you get pissed off at every single little poke. And now you're gonna be so, here's the reason why this happens is it's, it's not our fault, it's built into our DNA. Mm-hmm. Back in the caveman times, you know, 
we we were it was about survival like everything was built around survival and procreation we just want to like you know make sure that we could live to tomorrow and make sure that we could you know our seeds would would flourish so when a twig would go snap in the woods we had to react super fast to because if it was a saber-toothed tiger yep. we had to run as fast as we could yep. a twig goes snap in the woods and um you know, maybe it's it creates this fight or flight hormonal response. It's really important to be able to have that from a survival instinct. Well, you know, unless you're in a war zone or live in a really dangerous place, like that doesn't really exist. You know, in particular, like we've never lived in a safer. You know, I know the connection you know that we have right now, where we see everything and the news is everywhere. So. We just are seeing more of it. We've never lived in a safer time. Human beings have never, ever, ever lived in a safer time. So worrying about every twig that goes snap in, snap in the woods, you're being overreactionary. Instead, let's take a second and respond to that. But the more important one is this fear. And it has the same hormonal reaction that the twig does is being pushed out of the tribe, mm-hmm. which is someone sees you as an outsider you're not one of us. You can't sit by the fire and eat our food and we're not going to protect you. We're going to push you out to the outside edges. Go and do this on your own. That was death back then. Well, now we call it exceptionalism. Mm-hmm. Now it's the opposite. Now it's an amazing thing. So instead of trying to be one of the tribe, one of many fish in a school, be the one that swims on a different path. Be the person that is brave enough to go the different route. To be able to do that, you have to take responsibility over the way you are dealing with situations. Instead of being reactionary to everything, someone spills coffee on you and you're getting pissed off. Well, it's over. It's happened. Mm-hmm. The coffee is spilled. Now, what you have control over is your response or reaction to that situation. And I keep on using those words. Let's define some... If you react, it's impulsive. Mm-hmm. It's the way amateurs react, right? It's based off of your feelings and this gut quick thing. It's what's rushing into you and you want to spill it out. It's Katrin not being able to climb the rope at regionals. She fell on the floor and started crying because that was her reaction. A responsible person is professional. The way people that can respond, it's a professional response. And what that means is it's calculated. It's thought out. You're going to leave the situation with pride, not regret. It's Tom Brady after every single press conference. Now, they win a lot, but even in the losses, he doesn't sit there and like ream against the coaches or blame the defense, even though he put up 45 points. He doesn't blame the person that dropped the passes. He takes responsibility and says, we collectively need to be better as a group. I need to be better as a leader, as a communicator, and a quarterback. I need to be better. And that's something that like, whether it's, Six minutes from now, six days from now, or six months from now, he's going to be able to look back and be proud of the way he responded to those situations, mm-hmm. not this completely reactionary life we're living. It's daunting to recognize how much responsibility you actually have over, over that satisfaction that we that we talk about a lot. If you, I think so. If if you don't figure out what you have ultimate control over, mm-hmm. so if you just if you if you if you look at the world and you're like, oh my god, I have to. I have to be calculated in my responses to everything. No, you just got to start practicing having perspective in the present moment. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before, but it's this idea with enough space and separation and time, most people will realize what the best way to respond would have been to right. a situation. Yep. Like, damn it, I wish I hadn't yelled at my kids as much as I did. Yep. 
damn it, like I wish I had taken a better approach to that conversation. Damn it, when my boss asked me to do that, I wish I had responded with this. Mm-hmm. Well, what we want to do is we want to practice and just be uh, bringing that closer and closer and closer to the present moment and realizing the difference between reactions and responses. And when we start to this, it's just gonna be an awareness thing. It's gonna be like six days later, you'll be like, damn it. Yeah. yeah. And then then if you keep on, if you come aware, you're like, okay, what should I have done there? Okay. And that would have been the right response and I've got reactionary. Okay, I did. Darn it. Okay. Then it's gonna happen. It's gonna, that's gonna shrink to six hours. Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I realize it. That was that trigger. And I, I, I definitely responded emotionally. Yep. I could have been a little bit more, you know, um, dispassionate in that yep. environment. Okay. And then it's going to go to six minutes. And then it's going to go to where you can just go. Yeah. Okay, Patrick, tell me more about that. Yep. One deep breath. And instead of me blowing up, like, who the hell told you that? Mm-hmm. That person's, a, you know what they said to me? Like, oh, you know what else? Like, and kind of blowing this thing up, you go, tell me more. And that's when things start to change. Mm-hmm. And that's when we start to take control over the ultimate outcomes of our lives. And when things like as drastic as they are, becoming paralyzed or, you know, this is so like Viktor Frankl stuff. His saying is, um, Viktor Frankl, Holocaust survivor, um, psychotherapist, um, author of Man's Search for Meaning. The, the quote he has is, and I'm probably gonna butcher this, but between stimulus and response, there's a gap. In that gap is our power to choose. In our choices lies our opportunities for growth. Mm-hmm. So break those apart. Stimulus. Someone talks shit about you. Stimulus. You, you, um, you find your boss needs you to work on the weekend. Stimulus. Your kids are acting up and they're not listening to you. Stimulus. You lose your legs. Mm-hmm. Like what? You're in, a holo- you're in a concentration camp. Like whatever it is. Okay. From there, there is a gap. And forever small that is, there's a gap between when something actually happens and your choice of reacting or responding. And our growth, our opportunity to become what we want to do, lies in the opportunity to be able to respond and not react to that stimulus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a big part of it too, and you and you alluded to it, and I think it's it's part of the challenge that a lot of people, myself included, sometimes have with this, is... Uh, making the decision to actually reflect back on those things mm-hmm. that have happened in order to learn from them, yeah, in right. order to figure out the next time, how do I want to respond? And I think that the reflection for a lot of folks is avoided because it's really uncomfortable to, to remember, oh God, Ben said that thing and then I reacted really poorly to it. That's really hard to, to stare at and to face and to recognize, ah, you actually screwed that one up again, right? It's harder now than it ever has been. And the reason why is because we're so inundated with distractions. Mm -hmm. Because when something happens, we react to it and then we're immediately on to our devices. We're immediately on to the podcast. We're immediately on to the music. We're immediately on to the social media feed. We're immediately on to the thing at work. We're immediately on to the next thing we were reacting to, the next thing we're reacting to. This is why solitude is such a powerful thing for leaders because what they figured out in high achievers, what they figured out is with this solitude, that creates the space for me to be able to go back and look at this. It's why meditation is so powerful now. Meditation is just, all it's doing is quieting the noise so you can create some space to figure some stuff out. It becomes this uh, opportunity for assessment. You know, call it reflection, call it assessment, call it digging in, calling it whatever you want to. 
it can't happen if you're constantly letting something else force you to react to the next thing and yeah. react to the next thing. You got to create some space on your own. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you, Ben. Thank you to, I forget his name, but thank you to the individual who brought this up because it, it, it was a good, it was a good trigger for a conversation. Love so thank it. you. Thanks. See Thanks, everybody Patrick. next week. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.